This episode sponsored by Microdose.com. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com. Use the code OPI to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Here we go. How's it going, Opie? Good morning. This guy has so <laughs> much heat on the internet. Whether you love him or hate him, you can't stop watching him. It's Chad Zumach. What's up, Chad? I think the last time I saw you in person was at the Village Underground with uh, Chris Stefano and Sherrod. And? And, was, and uh, who else? Vic? And Rich Voss. Voss, Florentine. Yes, and yeah. that's that's where I want to start today. I want to get through our stuff. Mm. Our stuff. Well, I first met you, you probably don't remember this, it was in 2011. It was in Cleveland, Ohio. You were doing a live broadcast on West 6, and uh, Bob Eatman says, you need. To, have you met Opie and Anthony? I was like, I met Jim, so he sent me down to meet you guys. You guys were doing a live broadcast at some bar. Yes. Yeah. Hey, what, what year was that? 2011. So 2011, uh, I guess we were starting to uh, do the, the virus tour again at that point, probably. And we did a little pre-gaming. That, I, rem- I remember, wasn't that at, that at the pig whistle or something like that? Is there a bark like that? It was something pig. And yeah. I, remember, I just remember you were throwing cherries at some ass. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot. That was, that was cherry darts, my friend. One of, uh, <laughs> one of the greatest Opie and Anthony bits of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of Opie and Anthony, we would come up with the, the craziest stuff, and women would come out of the woodwork to participate. I'm like, let's throw, let's throw cherries at girls as they're bent all the way over. <laughs> and people would look at me like, who the hell is going to say yes to that? And sure enough, the phones, eh, eh, and they all marched into that studio to participate. But look, chat. I just want to get through something. Sure. I, and I know, and I said it because I thought it was cool. You apologized to me recently, about a month or two ago. You even said, I don't need a response. And I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you what. When I met you through Jim Florentine, you couldn't have been nicer to me. You were so fucking cool. Yeah. And 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 then I would see you here and there, and you were still incredibly cool to me, okay? Um, unfortunately, we never really had you on the show. I think you were on maybe once or twice back in the day. Now, I never did your show. I was um I, w- I was doing Bennington and uh, a couple other shows, but I never got on your show. I think Club Soda Kenny tried to get me on. I don't know what happened. Something happened. I don't know. There was nothing that happened. The problem was we were so hot that everybody wanted to be on our show, and unfortunately, uh, people fell through the cracks. And you probably would have been great on the show, but there was no. It was it certainly wasn't personal. I I need to tell you that. Sure. Um, so then, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know about this Chad guy, and Florentine certainly uh, vouched for you, and uh, I would see you here and there. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know when it started, <clears throat> but like a year or two ago, you started trashing me. I'm like, why is this guy trashing me? He was nothing but cool to me. Yeah. What was that about? That's, what was that, that based on? Okay, so I'm a very loyal guy. Like, you can ask Florentine Godfrey or any comic. Like, if you're my friend, I got your back. and That's right. what it is. And people that have helped me along the way, I've always been loyal to them, too. 
So I think when Anthony – early on, I, I went on Anthony's show, The Compound, and th- there was some buzz to it in the beginning before, like, I already got there in Landau or whatever. So he was giving me opportunity. I, I released an album, went number one on iTunes, and I got caught up in the nonsense. And, right. And I think the more I got to know Anthony and when I saw people, like, kind of turning on me because I said Chrissy Mayer wasn't funny, then he started to do it. I go, oh, this is who you are. Right. I, I got I was drinking the Kool-Aid and I'll admit it, I never had anything against you really. I, I honestly didn't. Right. It was more just what well, it's I'm, the culture that Anthony creates. A hundred percent. That's what I wanted to get into today, because it's like I don't understand why he has to do that because uh first of all, I don't suck. Uh second of all, I am funny. Third of all, I really know how to do this. And it it seems like if you work for Anthony, you have to hate me. I'm like, why does it have to be that? That stupid Gino Bisconte did the same shit. But the difference is you you realized that it was wrong and you apologized to me. And I accepted your apology. But Gino Bisconte was the same. I saw him here and there and he couldn't have been cooler. I've hung out with the guy. He used to open for uh, Jim Norton. And I think... I think it was a Cleveland trip where we bonded and had a really, really good time. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, now you're hating on me? What What could I have possibly done to you except that you now work for Anthony and you feel like you have to, what, stick up for your boy? It's It, it was completely ridiculous. And then I was doing a live stream on Instagram. This goes back a few years ago. And Gino Pisconti pops up and he's he's – He's like starts like going after me. I'm like, Gino, what you, I, I go, what are you doing? And then yeah. I, I talked about a couple things that I know about him that was cool that we did together. He's like, oh, hey, well, I, I don't know. And then he backed down and, and he's like, well, nothing but the best. I'm sorry. And then he left. I'm like, I don't understand why that has to be a thing with Anthony. Because if, if you watch my shit, I got my own fan base. People aren't running over there and attacking Anthony or anything. We don't. We, don't, we literally don't give a shit. Yeah. We just kind of wanted to be left alone, to be honest with you. Honestly, if you this is this is the honest God truth. If you want to get in Anthony's good graces, all you have to say is something mean about you, and he's payroll. He'll retweet you, have you on the show, and he's your best friend if he says anything remotely bad about you, and that's a fact. I see it on the other side because I watched him turn on me, and I was like, we had some fun shows. I mean, you know, right. he's he's a talented guy without a doubt, but he's also like, he's very like, um, what's the word? Uh, flaky. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get why he has to do that because in the end, like, I didn't really do anything to the guy. Get the hell out of here. We we had a, a an amazing run. We both have a lot of money. We had a lot of success. And we also wore this wore each other out, and that's and that's how it should just have ended. One hundred percent. I my my radio show in Cleveland um, with Alan. I had the same relationship. Like you're around these people so much more than right. your family, your friends. It got to the point where by year three, I hated the way he. Every time he would eat, I wanted to kill him and his family. That's that's how it got because we were around you. You have to entertain for four yeah. five hours, and I get it. I understand one hundred percent. Because the fact is, I know I'm not a bad guy. I, I mean, if I, if I had a credit, if I had to say anything about it, I would, I would simply say that, with with the run we had and the pressure that it took to keep that thing going, and then you know we're surrounded by a lot of toxicity in general with, with management and a giant staff. If you have a giant staff, you're you're simply not going to get along with everybody. And I really believe in the end, we just fucking wore each other out. Yeah. But, 
so w- why did you decide you needed to uh, reach out to me and, and apologize? Well, because I was, I realized that I did. Well, I guess Opie's not on his own stream. Or <laughs> wait, <laughs> oh, th- there you go. Oh yeah, I almost had to host your show. <laughs> no, I you you froze. I'm here. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, I just I knew it was like because it wasn't coming from a. It, it was I wasn't being genuine because I really wasn't mad at you. I was just right. hey maybe uh I could be in Anthony's crew or you right. know or like because you know he did help me out in the beginning and then. I saw how he would just turn because he thought that was the cool thing to do at the time. Right. And, you know, and regardless of what you say about anybody, Opie and Anthony should be in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. You guys yeah. have created all this, all these shit podcasts that are out right now. Right. And they're all shitty versions of you. Legitimately shit doing shitty Jocktobers. It's like you did this all. Like, you, these are your babies, I think Patrice would say. It's it. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's really frustrating because – um, you're, you're a radio guy as well, <clears throat> but I, um, when I got into radio, I, I thought it was so stupid and so boring. I was a music jock. I'm like, this is just dumb. But when you're young, you get to go to a lot of shows. You get to flirt with women on the phones in between the music playing. And I'm like, I got to a point where I'm like, if I don't do something different, I'm, I'm going to know what I was almost going to do. I was going to move out West and, and be a ski instructor and be a ski bum. I was <laughs> this close. And I'm like, you know what? I know I, I know I have a, a decent personality. I'm going to just start talking, and then and then I developed that. And then it got to a point where uh, all these other shows they were still following formats. And I'm like, no, man, you throw all that garbage away and you just talk. And that's exactly what these podcasts do now. No, 100. percent You guys created podcasting in general. I mean, the the ONA show became a thing. I mean, I mean. You and Howard Stern, uh, you guys were like the mega powers in this all all of this. There, right. there would be no Joe Rogan experience if it wasn't for ONA. No, he ad- he admits that. Uh, I mean, to be fair to Joe Rogan, what happens is like you get influenced by someone. Um, a lot of people were influenced by Howard Stern. I I personally was not, even though Howard likes to say that I was influenced by Brother Weeze, big time. And then whoever is your influence, then you have to take that and make it your own. And yeah. Joe Rogan absolutely credits the Opie and Anthony show for uh, what he's doing today. But obviously he has made it his own. That's the difference. But then when you see a lot of these uh, podcasts out there, that's why I can't click on any of them. They, they seem way too familiar uh, as far as what we used to do. Yeah. No, I've this done guy, brother. We, you I've, see I've, this guy, Opie, destroying his credibility by s- sympathizing with chad oh am i how about i decide to have an interesting conversation with someone that that actually i thought was cool from the beginning then decide to hate on me because he was in anthony's camp and now uh has apologized to me so i thought there was an interesting story there gray allen god these people are the worst how do you deal with them chad i mean you get thick skin i mean you guys created the pest and there's still some of them running around today. I mean, Reddit is the worst place you can go. And it's just, there's nothing you can say or do at this point that's going to ruin my day. It's just, right. I'm on the meanest podcast in the world with Kevin Brennan and Bob Levy. It is just mean and toxic. Well, you and- guys, you guys got uh, absolutely a lot of heat. Oh, I do want to finish up the thing with the, uh, with the, uh, the liking me, then trashing me. 
liking me again, apologizing. I have no doubt you'll turn on me again, Chad. No, I don't. <laughs> I, have, I have no doubt. Oh, that, no. I have no doubt that. No, because I ne- was never malicious. It was never like, I'm really mad at you. <laughs> I was never mad at you ever. I, I promise. Just want, I just want to put that out there in case, in case, like, things turn. I go, look, I see? On my live stream on March 23rd, I said it. No, Jim, Jim Florentine, clip it. Jim Florentine is like my big brother in comedy, like the brother I never had. Yeah. He he credits you so much. Like, he talks so highly about you because you helped him through his divorce. You right. helped him pay for his divorce. Right. And he'll, he says, I will never say anything bad about Opie, ever. He wrote me a very nice text recently. I, I, I did mention it on uh, the live stream because I was just like, thank you. Because, uh, you know, there I, I get a bad... Look, I deserve some of the shit out there. I'm a hundred percent, but I get a lot of garbage thrown at me, and it's so nice when someone, you know, just acknowledges where I was in their life. And the fact is, Florentine just crushed on our show all the goddamn time. He was great, and he's a stand-up guy, and he's a cool guy, and he wrote me a really heartfelt uh, text message. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it made my day. Yeah. No, that's the type of guy he is, and he so he's always said, "Oh, he's a great guy," and I I know that, and I listen to him all the time, and I've never, you know, like every interaction I like had with you has always been nice. So it's like right. I was thinking to myself, why would I say that? Well, that's that's so dumb. And I saw what Anthony's all about. I was like, I was trying to like, I get I, in with him, I, and this I, is I, what he does. He tries to turn people in against I, you. I, I honestly don't know what his deal is. I I feel like I never actually knew the guy. I I really feel like. He's a guy that plays to the people in the room. Um, I, yeah. Because people ask me, I go, I really don't know who the real version of him is. Because when he would hang out with me back in the day, he acted one way. And then if there were people that were, well, let's just say against a certain uh, group of people, then he would go all in with that garbage. And I'm just like, who are you? <laughs> who is the real entity? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. And I... And I sat next to him for almost 20 years, and I could honestly say I don't know who the real guy is. No, it's 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 sad because, like, you you know, you'll forever be known, though. I mean, you guys will, both of you together. And it really bothers me when people are like, oh, I grew up listening to Stern and Anthony. I'm like, shut up. You loved <laughs> OP, too, you dummy. <laughs> and they do that because of Anthony. Anthony yeah, I- creates that culture. Anthony knows what I did for that radio show. You know, he could spin it all he wants, but he knows exactly what I did for that. That's stupid. At this point, that stupid show. Uh, anyway, listen, um, don't look at my numbers. This is a good number today. You brought in a few people, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I don't do seven thirty. I never, <laughs> this is I'm new not, to me. <laughs> well, when I do afternoons, I do have uh yeah, better, uh, whatever. I'm just joking. I do but, drive time. MLC is uh, a very hot podcast right now. I've been, I've been clicking on it and fooling around in the chat room a little bit. Um, is that really you in the chat room? Yeah, it is. I fool oh. around a little bit. It's fun. We we think we always thought it was a fake Opie. No, it's fun, man. And maybe one of these days we'll go on it. But um, but you guys got a lot of heat. Um, no, got- even Kevin Brennan. Listen, Kevin Brennan gives you credit. No, but Kevin Brennan. Listen, he's been a legit comic forever. He was a New York legend. And he just kind of fell off when the internet took, and you brought him on the show. And I, Opie, I swear to God, I remember listening to your show with him and Florentine in studio. I call it the Kevin Brennan coming out party. Right. We just started trashing Neil for the first time and Nick Swartz. And I was listening in the car in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was texting Jim. I go, this is radio gold. This guy's awesome. 
Yeah. I knew who he was as a comic, but I never knew he was that hilarious. I'll be honest with you, the, sa the same thing, um, because we were we were privy to having a connection with all the New York uh, City comics, and Kevin Brennan came on the show like late, late in the process. And um, I'm like, where the F has this guy been all these years? I, 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 I missed out because he should have been a regular on the show. You know, I don't know why he fell through the cracks as well, but uh, yeah, he just absolutely killed on the show, and uh, yeah, I was I was the one that brought him into radio uh, first. Yeah, no, and I remember you were like, you kind of gave him his like his heat. I remember yeah. you were like, jacking up his Twitter followers. I remember all of it, and he killed every time he was on the show. And that's how I, I knew who Kevin was as a comic. But yeah. and, and then next thing you know, I be you know I knew Neil. I was friends with Neil, and then I you know. I became friends with Kevin, and you know, I don't know. I, they call our relationship of Walter White Jesse relationship. Right. <laughs> I I I tell this story. Uh, I've told it a couple times. Like Kevin is very talented, of course, and you guys are obviously onto something. I mean, when I checked out the live stream, you got well over a thousand people. I mean, you're, you guys are just crushing it. But I told Kevin personally too this. He did a show with me and Brother Weeze. Wait, hey, by the way, way to leave this one up. That's a cycle floor. Oh, sorry. I didn't do that on purpose. I, I've said, I didn't do that on purpose. I'll tell you I what happened. I don't care, but it was just... Because that happens a lot. No, it's so funny. <laughs> so I take these live streams and I cut them up into videos. Yeah. And I, I don't read a lot of these comments. I'm just trying to give people a little time on the... I call it the big screen, right? Yeah. And I'll be... Uh, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be editing a video that I want to put on YouTube, you know, and I'll, I'll have some deep thought about this or that or comedy or whatever. And then there's the most horrific thing about me on the screen that I didn't notice that I got I to gotta keep on there because it's part of my video now. So I promise <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Um, where was I? So sorry about that. Let me get a good one. <laughs> I, I can't Listen, I'm on, I'm on Kevin's show, so I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. I can't find a good one. I'm not kidding. <laughs> So Kevin, like, obviously he does the anger thing really, really well. And I would never tell him to stop that. Mm -hmm. But he did a show with me and Brother Weeze. I'll never forget it, where he he let his guard down and he wasn't angry, Kevin. And it was a great listen. And it was me. It was Brother Weeze, Kevin Brennan. I'm trying to remember who else was in the studio. I think I heard everything Kevin did on your show. too. So it was like a softer side. And I'm like. I encourage Kevin to do a little more of that, but who am I, man? I, I mean, you guys are talking to way more people than me. All right, listen to me. So you yeah. got to take me through the black guy thing. And <laughs> I got, and I got to tell you, I didn't buy it for a second. And I got, I got video that says just that. Yeah. Um, I, saw but, it. I saw it. But I will tell you this, you got everyone talking. It was, it was great. It was a great watch. So bravo to that. Thanks. You got a lot of heat. You're like a heel, but I'm watching. <laughs> know why I knew it wasn't real? Because of how Kevin Brennan and um, and uh, Bob Levy were were reacting to it, and yeah. you knew they had questions that they wanted to ask you that would kind of your story would probably fall apart if they really grilled you. But they were smart enough to know, holy crap, this is working. We got to go with this and let him go. Yeah. And that's how I knew it was fake at the time. But it didn't matter to me. I'm like, this is a great watch. Yeah. So and I knew. Walk me through I, this thing for my audience that maybe haven't checked it out. And I also knew they didn't believe me, too. <laughs> like, I, I was on doing. That was my kitten in the balloon. That was. <laughs> oh, the kitten. In the, oh, wow. Very good reference, by the way. Yeah. Very nice. 
Yeah, I, but it, but I, it worked. I, I did. I got punched in the bar. And and, and, and what happened was earlier that day, somebody had sent me a DM. I get DMs. I'm sure you get DMs. It's just people just say horrific stuff. And this guy said, outside your house. And it's true. They know my address. Like, they sent a pizza to my house yesterday. They sent a pizza to Bob Levy's house. Like, it's weird. It's the internet. Well, Bunch I, of psychos. Well, I, I've had uh, – well – I, I'm not. I've had some things. Let's just put it that way. So I, I, I get it. And yeah, and you have to take care of it. So well, I, I have to take care of it in a way where I spend decent money on on. Secu- I'll say it's security, unfortunately. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. So with that being said, uh, you know, the show is toxic, and you know, people. You know, I'm not like you know people. Some people know me. So this one guy at a bar knew I was a comic, and he he was just messing with me, say something funny, and all this bullshit, and then. It just got out of hand, and I, I, I'm i a hothead, and I said some stuff, and next thing you know, he punched me, and I just wow. more or less, yeah, I got punched in the face, and I just, you know, I was shocked by the situation. He was a bigger dude, and I just threw something at him. I ran away, and that's all it was. It's, and so, But it tied wow. into the thing earlier where the guy sent the DM, and I thought that would be a f- better story. Uh, right. There's a good connection there. So, first of all, you know, I don't know how old you are, but. You get to an age where getting punched in the face just sucks. Yeah, I remember when I was young and had youth on my side. It was almost like an adrenaline rush when you got into some kind of a situation. But then you get to an age you're like, oh, that just fucking hurts and sucks. Yeah, Are you feeling that one hundred percent. I mean, I just turned forty eight, December twenty seventh. So I'm like, what are we gonna yeah, fight? Yeah. You're, you're you're at that age where it just sucks now. So then you're like, all right, I got this uh, DM. So I got a backstory. I got the uh, the fi- the physical proof, and then what in your head decided to bring it to the MLC podcast? Well, because I have a show. Uh, here's a here's a plug for me called Kumia's Cucks, and it's all these dumb, shitty bottom feeders that ball wash Kumia. Because by the way, if you ball wash Kumia, he loves it, loves it. So right. you can get into his camp that way, and possibly be on payroll if you suck his ass. So I I thought, okay, well. Anthony's been nothing but a shithead to me, so I just thought, okay. And this guy did say, he goes, "Yeah, you you bomb every time you call into Anthony." When we were talking, so I was like, "Oh, I go, he's own guy." Okay, so here we go, and that's where it all started from. And and then I was like, if I, my I had no like plan, I was like, if someone finds out, I'll fess up to it. And someone did. I go, yeah, it was, I, screw you guys. I don't have, I don't have an example right now. I certainly could find one, but uh, when you do radio. Yeah, there are times you're like, I'm just gonna go with this. Oh, you know, I, we do got one. Like when um when we were in Boston and we said the mayor died in a car accident for April Fools, there was no plan. Right. It was like I called up Anthony that morning. I go, I got an idea. I'm so sick of these radio guys doing their dumb April Fools pranks. I got one. And I told him and he was groggy. You know, I woke him up. He's like, Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's great. I'll see you, you know, later on. And then we go in the in the studio. And I got just this thought, and then I look at Anthony, like, are we going to do this? He gives the nod, like, let's do this. And then I just announced this crazy thing that happened. And just like you, now I got to, like, now I got to navigate through it and try to figure out what, where does this right. end? How are we going to do this? Are we going to try to spin out of it? Yeah. And but back then, you, I mean, you're, you guys were so – there wasn't options. It was the radio or TV. The internet right. – so you guys were like huge. It was like a, a microphone and a megaphone, like you wouldn't believe on right. your level. I I can only fathom what that was like. Like 
You know, you said we're getting good numbers, but it's not nothing compared to anything you guys were doing back in the day. Uh, bro, I'll take a thousand people. I'm not going to lie to you. But yeah. back in the day, we were talking to at least a million a week, at least maybe two. They never really showed us the numbers that serious. So we had to kind of figure that shit on our own. But um, and before that, when we were syndicated up and down the entire East Coast and then had some markets out west, that, that it was a couple million people a week. Yeah. It's crazy what all this has become. But uh, so. So then you're on the show, and then how did I, I didn't see the end of it? How did you spin out? Did you finally have to just come clean? Yeah, there was a there's a guy, a friend of mine. He's a comic. His name's Patrick Melton. It's called No One Likes Onions. He does a show. He's pretty funny. It's very niche, but he was one of the first podcasters out there that like kind of helped Red Bar get going and all these w- weird podcasts. He kind of investigated. He hired, well, he didn't hire an investigator. A private investigator looked into it. Literally checked phone records. Called Tampa Police Department. Police, so he really went all in with this investigation, and I just said, "I gotta just, I gotta fess up because I, right. I mean, the guy figured it out, <laughs> right?" But I didn't. It was it was never malicious. I never like go set up a GoFundMe. I was just trying to create. I mean, I'm on a show five days a week. It's all drama. It's all yeah. drama. So I mean, yeah. I gotta play to the drama. And then, and then, like, and then people got mad at you. I'm like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be mad at this guy if you just really focused. It was obvious that 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 wasn't the case with the black guy. There was another story to it. It was, you know what I mean. But then they get mad that you lied or something. Well, then I get emails from guys from New Zealand saying, "I've been fascinated with your life for the past three weeks and your story. Thank you for the entertainment." Right. Because it is entertainment at the end of the day. I'm just trying to be fun and do something different. And because every uh, podcast out there, they're doing the same bullshit. They're doing the same Jocktober nonsense. So I was yeah. like, let's yeah, just have why, some fun. Why has that become a thing? It's so bizarre. It's Anthony. I think, I think it's I think it's lazy, to be honest with you. I think, look, if you do a live stream, a podcast, a radio show, of course you're going to attack other shows. It's a, it, it comes with the territory. But I think when your show, if that's all you have, you know, I'm waiting for – what else do you got besides this? Because this is the e- this is like as they say the low hanging fruit. This is the easy stuff. But what else do you have to offer? I mean, you can always go back to that. Sure, why not? But when your whole show is who are we going to make fun of today, it gets kind of a monotonous after a while. The Opie and Anthony show we we knew that's why we called it Jock Tober. It was one month. Yeah, we focused on it. Let's beat the crap out of all these shows that we just think suck because they're still doing radio the old-fashioned way, and uh, and then we knew by the end of October it, it's over. If we kept doing it into November, it, it wouldn't have its same appeal. Right. But these shows—that's all they got. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I, uh, <laughs> I when these podcasts that love Kumia start coming at me and trashing me. I, I like I had to learn all this stuff. I didn't I didn't want to learn it. So right. I just flipped the script, came up with Kumia's Cucks, where I you know, I go after that dude in Rochester, uh that Steel Toe, E Rock, all these douchebags that suck up to Kumia, that and Gino and Chrissy. And now I'm making a profit from it because they they did that to me. Like it's like I felt like I was John Rambo in first blood taking on the National Guard. Like you guys want to play? I can right. do this and I can do it better doing it better and that's why my numbers are up and i'm getting great patreon numbers so so right. bring it on i fought oh, back oh i'm not gonna lie there, there's been a few days where i'm i'm watching you guys on mlc and i see the super chats coming in and i, I it almost brings me to tears i'm like oh, where is this money coming from 
But then you guys have to split it between three guys. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When Kevin Brennan, he, Kevin Brennan sends me Venmos, I'm like, holy shit. I mean, yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. how much of a cheapskate he is. So I'm like, for him to give me this, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> so the, the steel toe guy, I don't really know much about him he's he's been a thorn in my side for a while he keeps trying to get my attention and and the fact is i've i've clicked on literally just a few minutes of his stuff that's that is it i you know there are people that click on all that stuff but it started with him wanting to get me on his show and i i, I was at a point where i'm like maybe i should start doing other people's show and maybe i should start growing this again i don't know i don't know i i really don't know i just enjoy turning this on and and babbling and then go about my life. And so I, I started thinking that ah, maybe I'll go on this guy's show. He, he wrote me something really, really nice. I'm a fan. I'm this, I'm that, blah, blah, blah. And then like, then I did just a little research and I just see all this shit where he's trashing me. I'm like, who, like, who are these dishonest people? But, the, but then to his credit, he recently, I guess, apologized to me, but it, it's, it's, it's just weird. The whole no, thing is weird. When you said uh, one day I'm going to turn on you, that guy's he doesn't stand for anything. I've I've done deep dives. I've watched, and I didn't even want to know him at first because he came at me two months unprovoked, trashing me because he saw Anthony doing it. Right. He, there's nothing original about him. He he's every radio hack, and I do mean hack you've ever seen. He's obvious, obviously influenced by O and A, and he's just trying to do something, and he just copies what everyone else is doing. Well, that's that's what's incredibly annoying about the whole that whole I'll call it like a subculture. I call it like low level podcast, even though some of these low level podcasts are doing better than me right now. And that's fine. I, I, I know what I did in my career. I don't, I don't ever have to do anything again. No, prove, I don't have to prove nothing to anybody. But like Steel Toe. Yeah, he's kind of doing an Opie and Anthony type show. And, and he, he's just a strange bird. Like he like I said, he recently apologized to me, but I'm like. Like I was joking with you, and it might happen, whatever, if it does. But I know he's a, the type of guy that will go back to just hating on me again. Like, they, they have no, like, I don't know. They have no standards or something. It's bizarre. When I saw Anthony doing an interview with him, and I go, first of all, Anthony, like, you guys are multimillionaires in broadcasting. I said Broadcasting Hall of Fame, if you guys even give a shit about that. Nah. So why are you doing an interview with this guy in Minnesota in his basement? Like, and the ball washing that was and he goes, you lie. I, I was huge. Oh, sorry. Did you cut out there? Uh, it, it really is on your end, I think. Oh, but go uh, he goes, I was hugely influenced by Howard Stern. I was hugely influenced by you, Anthony. I'm like, you were influenced by OB and Anthony. Shut the fuck up, you liar. <laughs> but he wants to get on Anthony's good side. And that's right. that's how you do it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But Opie, give Chad credit; he's a real. Oh, ooh, you're a real card, Chad. Oh, I get. It. Yeah, he's zinging. I know what he's doing. He's a real <laughs> card. Um, and how's the comedy career going? Everything's great. Like you know, I'm in uh, this weekend. I'm uh, in Boca Raton with Jim Brewer. No shit. Yeah, so I come out to the Boca Raton Boca Black Box Theater, and uh, you're friends with Jim, right? I, I am. Um, yes, I am. I, I uh, I'm torn by the direction he's going in these days. He's uh, he's he's all in, man. He's all in with that with that angle. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's I'm torn. But I think I, he's fed up with Hollywood and all the bullshit in Hollywood. I think oh no, that's... God bless him. Like I bonded with him when he um, when he left SNL, and he tells he told. 
I remember being in Boston. Well, there's a lot of stuff with Brewer. I'm trying to like focus on some of the better stuff. But um, when he when he trashed SNL, we were all in Boston at a bar. I never laughed harder. He hated hated SNL, mm-hmm. and he tells a story where he came home to his wife, and he's like, he's on SNL, and he goes, uh, "I'm miserable. I can't stand it. I don't want to be here." And know what his wife said? Just quit. Yeah. Just quit. And, and he's like, quit SNL. Like, who does that, right? It's such a great opportunity. Um, but he ends up quitting. Uh, you know that I had that same discussion with him as far as Opie and Anthony goes? Like, he was a, a dear friend. We were, really, we were really close. We're still close. He'll call me from time to time, and, and we'll laugh our asses off for like two hours while I'm driving out here or something. But uh, I confided in him because – me and Anthony simply didn't get along for most of our run. And I'm like, Jim, I'm miserable. I don't, I, I, I hate this. I don't even talk to the guy. We're so famous and we're making so much money, but it's not fun. And he looked at me and said the exact same thing. He's like, just quit, just quit. <laughs> but the sad part about that story was I didn't have the balls to just quit like he did. Like he walked away from SNL and I continued uh, with Opie and Anthony until Anthony blew himself up and then decided to try to spin it and make it like I'm the reason why Opie and Anthony is done, which is insanity. I yeah. have to say it. That's insanity. No, it's creating an, he's creating his own narrative with his books and everything. He's trying to, you know, and some a lot of people bought in and I actually I, I bought in and I, I wrote, oh, wait, you're full of shit. This guy's full of shit. And that's why I, I sent the email that I sent. Right. But I, I do want to ask you one thing because there's a thing out there. There was a, and I don't know if you want to answer it. I don't think you'd give a shit at this point. Now, when Anthony got fired, there was a rumor. There was a big name celebrity that want, they were try, Sirius XM was trying oh. to pair you with. Are you allowed to answer that? Because I have, there's a lot of suspicions out there. There's a, a lot of people have said Brewer. A lot of people have said Baggett. Yeah, so when Anthony left, they, look, it's the only reason Jim and Sam are still at Sirius XM. The fact is their show stinks stinks on ice i do a much better job by myself on my deck i don't have producers i don't have you're my biggest guest in over a year to be honest with you and i still do a better job than those guys the fact is that uh sirius xm kept jim and sam to keep what was left of the opie and anthony audience and the reason i know that is because when anthony got fired they wanted to keep as much of the audience as possible they knew the guy wasn't reliable anymore and his racist crap is getting completely out of hand so they they wanted to do whatever they could to help me out uh, to continue okay and they offered a comedian a million dollars a year to join uh me and i think jim norton at the time i believe um and who do you think that comic was a lot of people think it was brewer it wasn't brewer Okay, yeah, I, Brewer was definitely the guy. Me and, Brewer, me and Brewer talked about doing a show together more times than I could even than I could even count, and we got really, really close when um, he was uh, he was touring with Metallica. Yeah, you remember when he was doing that? Yeah, and he simply he was ready to pull the trigger, and he goes, "Oh, in the end, he's like, I just don't think I have time. I'm on the road with Metallica, and it wouldn't be." The timing just sucks, but I really want to do this. And then we never really talked about it again. But so it wasn't Brewer. Well, the other theory out there from because you know I, I'm like I said I'm the radio nerd. I pay attention to this nonsense. I was on what was that all access radio site? Like I, I did all that nonsense for a, a while. Right. 
And uh, I, I, there was a rumor floating that it was Bob Saget. No, but I mean, I don't. Me and Bob were actually friends. I, I was, um, I was texting with with him pretty close to his uh, death. Actually, we we always uh, stayed in touch, and we we double dated a few times in New York. The guy. You want to talk about someone that's famous. Holy crap. Bob Saget couldn't move, couldn't walk the streets in New York. Every step people would come up to him. He was incredibly famous. But the fact is, I, I, I never, I didn't think he worked that great on the Opie and Anthony show. He was okay. He was okay. And it's Bob Saget and he was cool and he didn't suck. But, um, but I could name a whole bunch of comedians that were better than him, including, you know, Chris Stefano, Jim Brewer, Bob Kelly, um, a, a whole bunch of other uh, Patrice O'Neill, of course. So, no, it wasn't Bob Saget. That would have been a that would have been a tough show to, to do. And he's an A-lister. He's he's not going to grind it out. You know what radio is about. You know what live streaming is about. You got to grind it out. Yeah. Well, the third one, uh, if I have to guess, is uh, Louis C.K. Wow. Yeah. Well, that would have been a, a massive get, but he was making way more money than what SiriusXM could offer him uh, to do something like that. And with Louis C.K., you know, when he got crazy famous, he, he, he stopped doing our show, really. He would come in every once in a while, but he started doing uh, Howard more. Um, I hate when that happens. And then people look at what? It's just business. It's like, no, man, you, you help a lot of these guys out, and then they finally get their big break and you want them to yes you want them to bring you along a little bit with them and certainly louis you know he put us on his tv show and stuff so he's not a bad guy but i always got mad that he um he he didn't do our show as frequently uh, when he got massively huge um but i don't i literally don't have an issue with uh louis ck it yeah. wasn't louis ck yeah those are my only guesses uh right wasn't bill burr another one that was better than saget by the way obviously oh yeah of course Man, I don't know if I want to blow the guy's spot up. I feel bad. Well, I mean, how bad is it if I mention the name? I mean, you'll get some clicks. People will subscribe to the OP Radio's YouTube channel. I know that. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. No, guy, I mean. That this comedian turned down a million dollars to do radio with me, and I think Jim Norton at the time. is uh, Was that, it like, a, okay, t tell me why he turned it down. I think he was uh, just an opinion. I think he was scared of uh, the blowback he would get from um, Anthony and his camp because he would be perceived as the guy that is absolutely taking over. I yeah, think that, I think that's what it was. I, I I can't speak for the guy, but I think that's what it was. Well, let me get okay. Let me. I got one more guess. It just popped in my head. Okay, Artie Lang. Or I got. It's so interesting. The, I got stories on all these guys. So Artie started doing my show before Anthony, another guy that was doing my show before Anthony. And he was having so much fun doing radio with me. And, and he gave me incredible hours of radio that he texted me. And he's like, I really want to like figure out how we could do this on a regular basis. My whole thought at the time was I can't go into business with another addict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and I, I just said you could you could figure out who I'm talking about. I didn't mention any names, but the fact is, I did not want to go into business with another addict at that point. I, I kind of had it. Yeah. And and when you do radio and you do the Opie and Anthony show, you're around a lot of addicts. That's all I'll say. 
No, I completely understand. And that. I was bummed because like Artie is man, you know, sometimes I talk about like um I think Artie when he was on was like he could have been the best. Oh yeah, he's great. He could have been the best, man. I mean, and we were fortunate to work with all of them, but when Artie was on, he was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean- I mean, I mean, he changed, in my opinion, made the Stern show way better than what it was. And it was like another level. And that's when I became like I wanted to do comedy because of Artie Lang and Jim Norton. I was like, I'm a comedian. I want to be on the radio. And, you know, I, I, I got to do it. And, you know, not on the level of you guys, of course, but I did. You know, I had a nice salary. I had a company right. car, health insurance. So it was a good time. You know, and it was fun. They wanted to syndicate our show and. It was a good time, so I was definitely influenced by all that, all of that that you right. guys created. Um, what do you th- what do you think of Jim Norton these days? I'm fine with Jim. He's he's always been fine, cool to me, and you know I I understand you guys, and I understand I get it. I get working <laughs> with somebody, but he's always he's not Jim. Jim Norton's been nothing but nice to me, and so again, I'm a loyal dude, so I can't I can't say anything bad about my, him. My biggest problem with Jim Norton, it's really simple. And yes, people go, "You're bitter." Yeah, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm bitter. I've, no problem, you know, absolutely. Um, when Anthony left, I got so much shit. I got death threats. I, I the stuff I've never talked about because of the garbage he was throwing at me after we uh, split up. And all I'll say about that is Jimmy knew all all the garbage that was being thrown uh, my way and he he just stepped out of the way and let me get all of it and the fact is that him and anthony were really close there was three guys on that show for the a whole bunch of years there and when you do something with three guys be careful you're in a three guy situation i know (laughs) three is a terrible number you better get a fourth like immediately that's my (laughs) advice to you because with three people, it's inevitable that two get closer. Uh, it's just how it how it works. So those guys were close, really close, extremely close. Like uh, Jimmy had no respect for me at the end. Anthony gets fired. I'm getting all this horse shit. Anthony's spinning it that the reason there's no more Opie and Anthony show is because of me. And because of that, I had to deal with a lot of garbage in my uh, personal life that I'm not going to get into today. And Jimmy knew. Jimmy knew all this shit crap that was coming my way he did nothing about it and he was playing it both ways where he wanted the big salary and the and the big audience we still had and he also wanted to show his support for anthony you can't do both those things and what he should have done was left and went and worked with anthony but he didn't have the balls to do that for whatever reason i mean that's my main issue with with jim norton because as he sat there across from me, he had no desire to do radio with me at all, but he liked the audience we were talking to and the money that he was still getting. Like, a, 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 we were still getting stupid money. He's not making stupid money through SiriusXM anymore. I, I will say the defense to both of you, you guys were forced in a very weird, awkward situation, and who's going to navigate that? I mean, that's a tough one to be in for both of you. So you guys just had to do what you had to do. You know, you guys got families, or, I mean, you have a family, and he's, you well, know. Well, he's just a bullshitter, though, because, you know, the, the whole fan base at that point, you know, I was like, uh, I was wallpaper on my own goddamn show near the end. I, you don't think I know that? Of course I do, but because I, I wasn't getting along with the guys, and it, it was just a miserable for me personally. But the fans wanted a Jim Norton and Anthony show. They wanted that. 
Right. And Jimmy no. ignored all that to, to do a show with Sam Roberts and Rod in a seat all these years later. Get the hell out of here. I've only met Sam once. I don't know him at all. I know I know we know each other. He's mentioned my name a few times. So I don't again, I don't have a relationship with him, but I understand working in that atmosphere how it can be very combustible and, and certainly it was, especially with the kind of fans you guys had. I mean right. you guys I mean, to this day, have some of the worst fans of all time. They're the meanest, meanest people on the internet. <laughs> I, I I said it a long time ago. You know, when we developed the pests and they became their own entity, they became famous in their own right. And everyone around uh, the Opie and Anthony show were so excited because this group was just out of control. Yeah. And I would shake my head on a regular basis and go, man, someday they're going to turn on us. And everyone's like, ah! <laughs> they didn't want to buy it. I'm like, you don't want so bitter. I am. I'm a bitter dude, Donovan. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I give you the honesty on this dumb live stream. Um, I go, I man, you don't want these people turning on us. And boy, did they turn on all of us. I mean, all of us got it. Uh, all of us. I will say this, Obi. I and I've said it on my podcast. I said it on Kevin's podcast. If I made the amount of money that you and Anthony had made in broadcasting, you would never see me again. I would delete. I would just go away. I'd be. I do. I do exactly what Sean Connery did. He took the Bahamas. He quit acting and he died on the beach peacefully. That's what I would have done. <laughs> I just have fun doing this. You're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I just have fun turning this on and still babbling. You know what I mean? No, I get it. You I don't to... know if I ever want to do a, a structured show ever again. I mean, the the stress of that. Like I had a, I had to deal with a lot of lot of stuff those guys didn't, and they know that, and they could spin it all they want. But I I had to deal with bosses and all sorts of stuff on a regular basis. Anthony couldn't even be bothered when our agent came from L.A. Look, our agent was a bore. You met Bob Eatman, but he did. Yeah. He did a lot for me professionally and um, and personally. He was a bore, of course, and a lot of the times uh, with Opie and Anthony, it, it, it was a it was a train that was basically running it itself. But Anthony couldn't even be bothered to have breakfast with our agent when he would fly in all the way from L.A. And you don't think I want to be home with my my wife and my young son at the time, and then I had a second kid, but I would have to sit there at a a stupid breakfast with my agent and just, you know, go through the, the nonsense. And it's like, oh, I got, he always had something to do, always had something to do. And then I was stuck with this garbage and I was stuck with that type of garbage uh, a lot with other, with other scenarios uh, during the Opie and Anthony years. I actually went to Bob Eatman's funeral <laughs> in L- LA. You were there? Looking, yeah. Cause I, he was help. He helped me try to get on Um, uh, at the time it was 97.9, the loop in Chicago. Right. He got me an audition. Like we did a test show there. They flew us out, put us up, and it ended up going to Mancow again. Mancow got it back, but I was—I thought I had the job. And at one point, they weren't sure what they were going to do. And they're like, "Bob even calls. He goes, uh, hey, would you would you want to work with Shadow Stevens?'" I go, "What? <laughs> That's like an old school guy. <laughs> Who the hell would want to work with Shadow Stevens? Me, you, and two other people got that line. I was like, what? I think you guys could work well together. I call Shadow fucking Steven. Seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I ended up going to Mancow because they just, you know, he was in that market already and he had a I'll name. Tell you, 
All right, so I'll tell you. Um, I haven't t- I haven't said this in a while, but Bob Buckman, uh, Bob Buckman. Oh my God, that's another uh, guy that I really, really like to this day. Who helped me out when I was at BAB? Wow, Bob Buckman, Jesus, Bob Eatman. Um, so we all knew that Bob was really, really sick, and he didn't have much time. And um, when SiriusXM railroaded me and got rid of me on a on a bogus charge, which I ended up uh, proving to be bogus. Let's let's just put it that way. In the end, we had a gentleman's agreement, and Scott Greenstein was very very cool, did the right thing, and thanked me for all my years at SiriusXM. But they were trying to railroad me, and I'm like, this ain't going down this way. And I remember that. And got word that I was fighting it and that I was fighting for my money. And he made fun of that, too. Well, the fact is I got every single cent owed to me. I think I could say that much today. But what's important to the story, Bob Eatman wasn't my agent anymore. I had to move on from that because there was a conflict of interest. He was still representing uh, Jimmy. I'm like, I can't I can't have you representing a guy that I despise at this point in my career. So I had to move on. And, um, and then Sirius XM was trying to railroad me. Bob Eatman basically on his deathbed is calling me up. He could barely talk. And he's like, Oh, what can I do for you? What can I do? I'll call. And he was mentioning people that I, I don't feel like, uh, mentioning here. He's like, I, I got a phone call into blah, blah, and this. And I'm like, Bob, just rest. Cause we all knew at this point, he didn't have much time, but that's the type of guy Bob Eatman was. We made we had certainly made fun of him over the years. He was a stand-up guy to his last breath. His last week on earth, he was trying to help me out with the situation I was in with Sirius XM. I'll never forget that. That That's a real dude right there. No, he was a great guy. He, Him and his wife, Robin, they had me over in the Pacific Palisades for dinner. They made oh, dinner for me. I didn't know all this about you. Yeah, I've, I've, I had a whole relationship with him. I talked to him on the phone. and he did really you walk to, Did you walk to the end of the street and, and look over the bluff at the Pacific Ocean? No, I did not do that. Oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Bob had a great spread in the Pacific Palisades. You walked to the end of the road, and it was that it was that bluff you see on TV. Yeah. No, but I they made me dinner at his home. He was always very, very good to me. And I, I you know, fortunately, I, I, I after the ninety-seven point nine thing, I was like, I'm good, Bob. I'm just doing the road with Florentine. I'm good. Right, no right. To- I didn't know that. That's interesting. I didn't know we had that connection. No, uh, and um, I think I could say it, Robin. Uh, I'll keep that to myself. Yeah. Robin is let, Robin's happy these days. Oh, good. She went through a lot, and um, I, I checked in with her recently to find out that uh, she's got some good news in her life. Let's just put it that way. Oh, good. You know, yeah, yeah. And she's extremely happy. And then we we joke about good old Bob Eatman. Well, it's till death do us part, so that's what it's all about, you know. Right on. <laughs> Well, yeah. Chad, uh, fuck, man. This was better than I thought it would be. Oh, cool. No, I appreciate it. I, I'm glad you were cool about that. And it was fun. And, you know, I'm not, I know that's going to rock the Internet. So have fun with this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything I haven't said before. So, uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. I was just entertained by you with the black guy thing. And I'm like, I know this is fake. I've been around too long. But but man, is this fun to watch. <laughs> no, I mean, say what you want, but everyone, I mean, some people were pissed. That's fine. But I also realize that's what's going to happen. But I just want uh, people to watch the podcast and that's, and they are, so it's working. <laughs> no, you guys, uh, you guys got a lot of heat out there. I would suggest you, ch- well, look, what am I going to, what am I going to send you 10 people there, Chad? I know my place these days. Hit but- subscribe everybody on the OP radio. There, there you go. It's the MLC podcast, though. Uh, you guys absolutely do a good job. Say hi to Kevin. Yes. And Bob, I mean, Bob's another guy. 
The only reason he didn't do Opie and Anthony was because of his association with Howard Stern. That was it. Plus, he was banned from the Sirius XM building because he threatened to kill him. So well, I understand that. <laughs> and then even at that point, we were trying to get him on the phone. Look, in the end, Sirius just hated my guts, hated Anthony's guts, because we just didn't play by the rules. Yeah. They're like, but at this point, I remember them telling me, you can't have Bob Levy on. He's threatened the life of whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but he's hilarious. Yeah. No, they say they speak highly of you too. They like you a lot, and you know maybe one day you can come on at MLC if you feel like it. But you know you got it's up to you at that point. Yeah, we'll fool around. We'll have a we'll we'll do it. I mean, now yeah. that you did this, we'll do it. That's great. I think people would love that. If you want to use any of this video, go for it. There, Chad Zumach. Oh, I will. Trust me, I appreciate it. And, and how many uh, podcasts are you doing? Are you a mud shark or something? I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the internet. People just start. It's people. We ran with it. If you actually look up the definite definition of March shark, it's not flattering at all. But people are actually trying to change the definition. Literally online, they're trying to change what a mud shark is. But I do my sit down Zumok podcast. I do uh, my Kumias Cucks, which is blowing up, and uh, it's me just fighting back against the internet. And it's it's been profitable and fun, and I'm having a great time doing it. I I, I I will end by saying it's extremely weird that if you work for Anthony, you've got to trash me. That's like I I never. That's that, that's not my thing. You're not you're not going to find people that are associated with me trashing Anthony on a regular bit. It's just it's just weird. We had a great run together. No, if I made the the boatload of money you guys made, I would be forever grateful. Like thank you, thank you so much. Even the guy I work with in Cleveland, I had bad vibes you know we had bad feelings for one another Whoa. uh alan cox he's a he, he's still living on wmms i don't know uh, yeah we uh he bob eatman was his agent too um okay and he was uh and our morning show was rover who uh rover's morning glory he took over a lot of affiliates when stern left but they um like i had bad blood but at this point i go i had a good run with the guy we were gonna they wanted to syndicate us we had we had a lot of money together so i was like you know, let bygones be bygones. We didn't get along, but that's fine. I don't trash him anymore. You know, we we talked so long, my battery just died. So let me get out of here. All right. Uh, but Chad, this was awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a it was just a fun conversation. Yeah. No, for sure. And we'll see you on MLC very soon. Oh, this dude is using you, Chad. Are you using me? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got everything I wanted out of you, Opie. <laughs> I'm using him, if you want to know the truth. This is how pathetic my life has, uh, has become. A guy that I was like, yeah, yeah, eh, maybe we'll get him on Opie and Anthony someday. He's got a bigger audience than me, so in the end, I'm using him, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Opie. Oh, have a good day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Chad's Later, brother. He said he would come on, and there you go. And there you go. All right, I got to walk doggy. Oh, my God. We talked for over an hour. Boo, 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 boo,